0: Go. I love that button. Hey, everyone. <laughs> this is Faye from Faye's World Media. I know it's a Sunday afternoon for those of you on the east on the east coast of America. Um, but I'm here to introduce you guys to what who I consider a really interesting character now, Justin Awad from TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, your work was introduced to me, Justin, through one of your connections, and I've really enjoyed it, it over the past few weeks. So welcome to the show
1: thank you so much for having me this is awesome
0: so i know that this is like your second or maybe your third interview now and you haven't really had a chance to share your personal story your journey so far so tell us like you know what why are you interested in now creating different types of content and then doing this type of collaborations
1: yeah i've I've, uh i love social media and i love entertaining people and making people smile and laugh and stuff and uh if we go back all the way to the beginning it's not like in my head I was like oh I want to go do interviews it was like oh like I want to have have fun with my friends and make my friends laugh and stuff so it all started from that and uh always meeting new people like that's the best part about it and seeing them smile and laugh and that's the whole purpose of social media to me it's to bring joy you know
0: Mm, I love it. So you mentioned that you're making your friends laugh. Oh, actually, before we even get to the origin of your at the beginning of your creative work, yeah. um, could you maybe tell us about, you know, kind of maybe the first occurrence of realizing that social media may be interesting, maybe workable for you?
1: The first instance? That's a good question. Uh, what the I first. Think- Yeah, I think I think that would go back to like the origin because it was during COVID when everybody was locked down and uh, I couldn't see my friends. And, you know, like it wasn't a good time, like mentally or emotionally for anybody. But we all had phones. We all had like Xboxes, computers and all that stuff. So that was a way to really connect with people like close friends and even people that weren't friends. So the initial spark of like, oh, like I can do social media started by making i'm uh, wanting to make my friends laugh and wanting to see my watch my mom scroll through all my videos and just stuff like that it, it's it's it was good
0: oh love it so before we actually dive into your friends and your little sister your mom's reactions for instance yeah. tell us a bit about your channel what is your channel about what types of content you know before yeah. people scroll away give us a sense
1: yeah so uh my page i go around uh, new york city and the malls here in uh Tri-state area, and I ask people very, very basic questions that you would assume is common sense and common knowledge, but based on the videos, uh, you can tell that they're not. Uh, So yeah, I go around ask people how many stars are on the flag, or when was the U.S. founded, or even like simple math problems like... uh, If you make $10,000 a month for a whole year, how much money do you have? And some kids think they have millions of dollars. (laughs) I saw that.
0: One dollar a day. How many a year? Yeah. or a few thousand?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope you you would have a few thousand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So a lot of street interviews. I was so excited to chat with you because literally recently I saw, you know, all the gurus out there, um, you know talking about the how quickly you can go viral just by doing street interviews like reaction interviews so did that contribute to your decision to do street interviews like was that that format like attractive to you from somewhere else
1: honestly no i had no idea about any of that it uh it started by like one of my friends that we think he's um we're all unique and to say nicely so uh we wanted to, me and my, some of my other friends wanted to ask him a couple questions to see uh, where he was on the totem pole. And uh, he didn't know some things.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, so it's it's kind of stem from there. I had no idea about the whole space and how much, uh, like, street interviews actually, like, get mm-hmm. views and how much people enjoy them. And even, like, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, brands, they find that very, uh, it, like, attractive for you to go out and talk mm-hmm. to real people on the street and stuff like that. But, Yeah. It was, Mm. uh, I had no idea about the whole, it was like the tip of the iceberg. Let's just put it like that. I had no idea what was under the ocean.
0: Yeah, that's, isn't that interesting? And for those of you who are tuning in now or later on listening to this, as a watching this as a video podcast or listening in as an audio podcast, I just want to call out that this is such a unique opportunity. And I'm just grateful that you get to share your origin stories, uh, Justin, but also, you know, you started out during the pandemic. So it really wasn't so long ago. And you know, working with brands, what is it like to not conquer but just even understand the creator economy for someone your age? I know you're just 20 years old, so you're officially now the youngest person, the second youngest person, Eli Schramm, was interviewed by me when he was 16. Now (laughs) he's 25 at Harvard Medical School. So, you guys should probably really
1: wow, good for him.
0: I know, go Eli. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Well, speaking of which, Justin, you are a pre-med student. You're still in, you know, going through your undergrad degree. So to a lot of people who are watching this, maybe thinking, man, that's a busy lifestyle. You're you're a busy student. Could you tell us about maybe at age 20 pre-med and then doing street interviews? What is that like for you?
1: yeah uh i I would say the hardest part is like when the people closest to you are saying just drop out just drop out (laughs) of school when you're like oh like maybe i should it puts like little thoughts of doubt in your mind but i'm not uh planning on doing that at all i'm planning on uh sticking to it and riding it out but it's uh it's all about scheduling and being disciplined in that sense where you know you have a test coming up, you know you have homework coming up, so you have a calendar, you have Mm. whatever, like I use my iPad. I say, okay, I'm going to study from this time to this time, and I'm going to take a break. I'm going to brainstorm ideas for videos, questions, stuff like that, and then study, 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 hopefully do well on my exam, and then after the exam, which is usually on like a Friday or whatever, I won't have anything to do for that weekend, so Mm. I'll go shoot some videos and edit some videos, yeah. So, it's all about scheduling and time management and stuff like that, but there's always like a school and then videos, you know, like I always have to put school first.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's some priority right there. And in case people don't know why you even consider what your family and friends considered encouraging you to drop out is because you have significant followers on TikTok, uh, you know, over a million 438 thousand on instagram i just checked close to 40,000 followers on youtube so really want to dive in there uh, a little bit about first of all you know are you like a recognizable figure now when you walk down the street what is that like and where's a you know the popularity versus frame yeah. uh, the you know frame fame have done for you
1: yeah no it's the weirdest thing it's so weird to say the least um like I'll just be walking in the mall and like some kids will be like, oh, like, are you the guy that says yes? Or like, that's usually what they say. Like, are you the guy that says yes? Not like my name. But sometimes they say my name and I'm like, oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, like, can I have a picture or whatever? And even like when I was smaller, I didn't. I think I had like 100K followers on Instagram or whatever. A kid mm-hmm. asked for an autograph and I was like, dude, I'm not that cool. Like, I'm just <laughs> normal, like I'll take a picture with you, but I'm not going to ruin your hat by signing it. Like, not, I'm not that cool. I promise. I'm just a normal kid or whatever. But yeah, it's so weird. Even walking around like campus, like on like college, like like you know, you have your headphones and you're walking <laughs> to class, and you just see people like looking at you, and you're just like, I can see you, like I like if you want to talk, like we can talk, whatever. It's it's funny, but it's uh, everybody's so nice, and it's just like, it's I want to portray to them and tell them like I'm not like cool, I'm not special, you know, I'm just another person like you. Like yeah, we can sit and talk about anything, and. Just like mm-hmm. like I'm having a good day or having a bad day, you know, like it's it's not like I'm superhuman or have superpower, like nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a good feeling when people come and say hi and ask for pictures and stuff. Yeah,
0: you know that's interesting because you know I've never really had a huge following. I think currently, to put things in perspective for people who are watching this, I currently have a little over twenty one thousand followers on YouTube and you know, much smaller everywhere else. And most of my audience and the clients I work with are kind of in the business world. So pretty serious stuff. But yours is just... Like it's unbelievable. And the growth is just exponential. And, you know, but I think, you know, earlier before we started recording, I was just thinking for us creators, there is so much learning. It's like drinking from a a fire hose for even the short period of time that you've been on social media. So I wonder if you could talk about and reflect on some of the things that you've learned, some of the patterns that you recognized.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I would say I learned so much just about like business and about other people and negotiating like prices and what videos do well and why they do well and what videos don't do well and why they don't do well it's kind of hard to distinguish that and in the beginning it can be discouraging when you put a lot of effort into a video and then you go and you see that it's Mm -hmm. not near what you expected to do you know so Mm -hmm. I think it's uh I learned a lot about life to say not not that much about the space yeah I learned definitely a lot about the space but about like character things like not getting discouraged. And even when there's road bumps, you just keep pushing and keep going. And we can talk about negative comments all day if you want, but those definitely in the beginning, they affected me a lot more. And I even took like a little hiatus from posting because of some comments that just like didn't Mm -hmm. stick well. But you know, in in life, there's always gonna be people trying to push you down or people who just aren't into Mm -hmm. what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. that's okay, you know, not everybody has to like you and not everybody has to follow you and stuff. So you just brush them aside and keep going.
0: Yeah, true. Even Seth Godin yesterday commented on one of the podcasts and he said, you know, he's one of the most popular marketers and writers and thinkers in the world. And he calculated, you know, over 10,000 posts as he's done. Still, less than 1% of the people in the world know anything about him. He's like 99% of the, the people never heard of him. Still, you know, he's seen as extremely successful in what he does. Um, could you tell us maybe at the beginning of how, what, what made you overcome whether putting words in your mouth and feel to correct us anxiety mm-hmm. or any, you know, self doubt or things like that when you, when your content isn't get, you know, isn't getting any views, any traction, like what, what was that self-talk like for you to kind of keep going and you're still here yeah. one, two, three years later?
1: Uh, I would say there's two main things and one of them is definitely better than the other one. But one, the good one, I would say is like my family and my dad and stuff. He, helped, he really helped a lot. And he was like, when you see that there are negative comments, that shows that what you're doing is like, like you're big enough and you're doing well enough for people to take time out of their day to try to like put you down. Mm-hmm. So that shows that you're actually making progress and you're actually growing. And the bigger you get, the more negative comments you get. And he's like, I promise you that's exactly what's going to happen. And so I was like, all right, like that makes sense. Because when you have like... 200 followers or 300 followers you're not getting these like hate yeah. comments and doing it's just, so it reflects your success in a way actually yeah. and so that like put it into perspective like oh like you're mm-hmm. right like so that helped a lot and then the second thing was all right I'm in school like if I want to drop social media and just be a doctor like I'll just do that so it's <laughs> I'm not riding on this it's not ride or die and that's the second one that's not so good but it was always like it was always number one my dad and then number two it was like okay like if these people like really hate me that much, then Mm -hmm. I'll just stop posting. That's that, but Mm -hmm. I don't like that option.
0: I love the family and friends support because I remember when I started podcasting, doing purely audio shows, um, back in 2014 really was a lot of, you know, love for my family, friends, colleagues who referred other guests to me. There was so much help that you could borrow. You need from the beginning. So don't reject them open, welcome them with open, open arms, open heart. And, uh, You know, a lot of us really want to hear about numbers and I just want to preface by saying this, like it's rarely, I mean, it's not rare, but a lot of the creators may not feel comfortable talking about revenue, multiple streams of income or some, for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's like, you know, everything ebb and flow and it's not stable. And I also want to say that I have done uh, a number of brand deals, sponsorships, and we absolutely cannot reveal like amount versus what the client paid. It's just on paper that you cannot talk about that specifically, but um, Justin if you're you can maybe walk us through like the first brand deal without revealing the brand name yeah. and things like that that would be really helpful
1: yeah I think the the first brand to ever like reach out it was uh it was some like a uh, boxer brand or like under underwear brand or whatever and I was like you want to pay me money to post a video on my page like awesome like sure like whatever whatever and uh whatever amount <laughs> you want to give me like I'll take anything because. Mm -hmm. I I like did some numbers and I was like, all right, if this video does really well, then I'm going to make whatever, not that much Mm -hmm. money just from the views based on the CPM of TikTok and stuff like that. So the offer that they gave me, I think was like 200 bucks or 300 Mm bucks. And at that time I had like over 100K on TikTok and stuff like that. So I Mm -hmm. snatched that up right away and I was like, I'll take that all day. Pretty cool. But um, yeah, that was the first one. And that's when I was like, whoa, like.
0: What did you have to do for that video? Of course, not interviewing other people in your underwear, but uh, no. <laughs> what, what did you have to post to give us a sense?
1: Uh, so I, they wanted me to go out into the street and ask people uh, what type of underwear they're wearing, <laughs> like well, what brand. Funny. And like half the time people are like, dude, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like the at the end of the video it was basically like, oh, like Hanes or whatever they said. And then I was like, all right, if you get this question right, then I'll give you this free pair of whatever the brand was. And yeah. then so they, they got the question right and I gave it. I gave him the pair and I was like, all right, go try them on and I'll give you like a hundred bucks or whatever and give us a review. So he went to the bathroom, tried them on and then gave a review and then I gave him whatever money and yeah. that was the video.
0: First wow. ever. So you get, wait a minute. So to break it down, you get paid $200 for doing this, um, this video. How many people did you have to interview for that engagement?
1: Um not that many like five maybe yeah because like usually like i'm not gonna go target like a dad with like a family or not to <laughs> not, i'm not gonna go up and ask him like what underwear he's wearing so it was more like kids and stuff at the mall like high schoolers or college like my age stuff like that who are like more open to it mm-hmm. so i asked like i went to a couple of them and some of them are good but other people are just like this is another problem it's so hard mm-hmm. doing like the sponsored street videos because not everyone's comfortable in front of a camera, True. so they they can say yes, but then they'll be like staring at the camera like this or like so awkward and like make hard movements, and you're just like, all right, like it's okay, relax. So yeah, <laughs> like so it's always it's always good to get a couple people, but it didn't it didn't take that long. To, to
0: mm. Wow, so I man, I have so many uh interview related questions actually let me get it in there how do you decide by walking towards someone or waiting in a corner that someone wouldn't freak out or would be good on camera because that's a skill like the blue men group has to do you know they're a performance yeah. uh group they have to identify from the audience they have a technique I wonder what yours is
1: yeah so I think that the the best way to get better at it is just time mm. like over time you can see You can look at people and like the way they're acting and walking and doing stuff if they're gonna say yes first of all and if they're gonna like be entertaining in a sense i remember like all the way not all the way in the beginning like it was still 2021 so i'd say over a year ago i wanted to do like a little like episode about like because all like most of my videos are about on like younger people like my age asking them questions so i wanted to do like older people or seasoned people if you'd like to say Mm. a little thing where i ask those people about these basic questions see if they can get it right and stuff like that and that was the worst episode ever the worst videos i've ever made because why i would say 90 percent of them say no because they're just like who is this random kid like wanting to videotape me they're not comfortable with that interesting and then the second second reason was i would ask them the first question and then they would answer it and it would be right or wrong and then i'd ask them another question they'd be like like, do you think I'm dumb? Like, do you think I'm an idiot? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, get out of here, kid? Like, stuff like that. It was very, yeah. like, it was hostile to say. And I was just like, yeah. whoa, like, it's a completely different demographic and completely different vibe. Whereas when I'm interviewing mm-hmm. kids or high high schoolers or college people, it's always, like, giggling and laughing and, like, oh, yeah. and did I get it right? Did I not? And, like, they want to oh, ask me more questions, like, stuff like that. Where is it getting posted? It's, like, much more mm-hmm. engaging and entertaining and, like, A much better vibe with those people than with uh the older people but yeah it's if you see someone who's like loud and laughing or groups groups of friends are the best because you can ask multiple people and they all want to compete oh what'd you say for this what'd you say for that and i make them like stand away so they don't hear the questions so usually groups of friends are great and uh yeah it's trial and error people still say no all the time people say yeah it's uh it's definitely a skill i've gotten better at but there's still no like For fireproof like bulletproof like method
0: isn't that fascinating because I think about uh at times usually when I schedule an interview like this I always ask people for permission oftentimes I am kind of inbound I know why I want to interview someone and I go in and you know they say yes or no over the years I mean I really couldn't care less to be honest but like when you're face to face not that it's confrontational, but it's like you're facing the situation in real time. It's a it's a lot different. And you being a guy, I don't know how you're built. I can never tell anymore yeah. through Zoom. Like everybody's the same height, same everything <laughs> to me now. Um, you know, maybe some people will feel intimidated. And the third thing is, for those of you who are watching this, like why, as we get older, why, why do we all of a sudden take ourselves so seriously? I mean, we get one of the questions wrong, so what? I think when I hear about people even commenting on social media, like somebody gets a new job or I try something new. People are so hesitant to comment. And sometimes my, some of my friends will say, well, I don't, we don't want to come across as being rude or inauthentic or not smart or things like that. Like, how do you feel about content and people's fear of being on camera, the fear of being wrong, being judged, uh, or like just prefer to hide in general for, for most people?
1: Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's a little bit sad Mm to show like these people are like so scared to try something that in reality doesn't have that much backlash. or doesn't have that much harm at all.
0: They're Mm -hmm. missing
1: out on so much like fun and excitement. And like people get, people see my videos online, like of themselves and they send Mm -hmm. it to their friends and their teachers. It's like (laughs) <laughs> it's something that you like, you want to do, or like something that I would expect people want to do. And I feel like it's yeah. a whole experience, and they're being so like sheltered and like on guard. And obviously, everybody, whatever you want to do, as long as you're happy, then do it. But I think that they're missing out.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, we got to get back to the brand deals. I know you only talked about the first one. And yeah. again, you know, you have such a significant following. So before we get into the second brand deal, I, I wanted to ask you which of your platforms you like the best or most for what reason. So again, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube is absolutely my favorite. I try to post on TikTok, really frankly so far hasn't really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um the the social dy- dynamics are very different. So what's yeah. your take uh, on your platforms?
1: Wow. Uh I would say my favorite's Instagram by far. I'm way more comfortable with that and it's the most steady. Like you post a video and you can say, okay, like, even if it's not my best video, it's not going to get lower than like X amount of views or whatever. Whereas TikTok, a video could get 50K and then the next video can get 20 million. Whereas on Instagram, it's way more steady. Like my averages are, they even out way more there. And I also, I like YouTube too. I feel like YouTube is very, uh, it's very like, uh, what's the word? Maybe personal. Like mm-hmm. it's because people are like actually investing time to watch a 10 minute video or a five minute video, whereas Instagram and TikTok, it's just like 30 second to a minute video. So it's less like uh, personal, like I said. Mm-hmm. So but Instagram's still my favorite because it's the most uh, it's the most expected. It's it's not volatile and the mm-hmm. messages and personality. Yeah, I like Instagram.
0: Oh, interesting. You like kind of the the steadiness and you know, it's expected. Okay, so let's talk about brand deal sponsorships in relations to these platforms. I know that they vary drastically from, you know, the brands, how much they're willing to pay what's considered small, micro, nano, micro, small, medium, large, extra large uh, creators. And for for people who are watching, listening now, just so you know, they they mean such different things on different platforms and the payments as a result is also very different. So Justin, what do you what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it uh, like you said, it varies so much because there's so many different brands with so many different budgets that have so many different goals. Like the Mm -hmm. last brand deal I did, their goals were downloads, not views. Whereas another brand I did, they wanted a certain amount of views. So does the brand want exposure or do they want you somebody to click your link or do they want someone to download their game, stuff like that. And it's so hard, especially like me, like a 20 year old kid, Like I don't know anything. I don't know pricing and I don't know, like negotiation, like I don't know any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So it was definitely, that was also a big learning curve, but um, yeah, it's my favorite is to go, not my favorite, but I feel way more comfortable going with like these like bigger brands that are more like steady because they don't like they understand the platform more whereas a smaller brand because I've done Mm -hmm. some smaller brand deals they they think that they're I'm going to post a video and make their company like go public on the market the next day or something like that so it's a little bit more and they they ask a little bit more like stuff like that and fine-tune details and I understand because they're spending a lot of money but it's it's Mm -hmm. easier to go with bigger companies who already have like they send a pdf and they're like okay we need you to do one two three mm. i go do one two three send us the video all right you're good to go post like that's that's my favorite right there
0: yeah oh i gotta say that uh you know being in a different industry uh, much older being much older than you are i feel the same way you know i've spent uh, nearly two decades in business now and i notice the same thing is as much as i want to empower certain smaller companies doing brand deals it's okay. usually in a much more being much more troublesome. They want not fine tune everything. They have mm. a very specific set of things. They want to maximize the money they're spending on you because there's a lot more to them versus companies who realize, you know, anywhere between 800, a thousand, a few thousand dollars. It's like, OK, it's a uh, it's noticeable, but it's part of their it's a small fraction of their marketing budget. So, yeah. All right, so I would love to for you to maybe describe without the brands once again, like yeah. what are some of the brand deals about, and how roughly how much you would charge for it.
1: Yeah, sure. So mm-hmm. uh, the brand deals they all are centered around the public interviews and talking to other people on the street.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the I'd say my favorite video to do was uh, I'll say the brand name. I'm not gonna say how much they gave me, but I, I did a video with Feeding America. And that was a very awesome video to do. I gave them a deal because like I, I love what they're doing and uh, helping give out meals to people who are hungry and stuff like that. So for that video, I uh, went out to the street and I I centered my questions around like the food crisis. Like, all right, how many people in America do you think go hungry every year? How many mm-hmm. meals does it take to like feed a family? Of, like stuff like that, like questions like that, which I really thought brought awareness. And that video did very well. It got like, couple hundred thousand views on like t- TikTok and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think that was my favorite uh, sponsored video to do. But then there's mm-hmm. the other videos that uh, I got paid $22,000, 22200 or $22,400 for a brand uh, over in a different country to mm-hmm. do videos, uh, street videos in New York City. Uh, asking people about, like, sports questions, stuff like that. And uh, it was it was unique because it was not – there was a set number of videos to do, but they gave me, like, a time span, like, mm-hmm. from this month to this month. I think I believe it was, like, September to December 31st. We mm-hmm. want, like, two videos a week, uh, ask about, like, the Knicks and the Nets, or ask about the Yankees, and then ask about the Giants, like, all about New York-based – uh, sports teams, and that one was a lot of fun because there's like, there's no real, real pressure. And usually, when I I forgot to bring stuff, when I ask people like, oh, do you want to do an interview or whatever, they're like, what is it about? Mm-hmm. And I found that when I say sports, people are much more willing to do it. Or they're like, oh yeah, I know nothing. Like, ask me, I don't care. Or like, oh yeah, like, I'm really into it. People give really in depth answers and stuff like that. So that was a very good deal. And I think and my latest one, uh, I got paid four thousand dollars for a video on my instagram and uh TikTok. so that that one felt a little good too mm-hmm. so yeah right now i'm uh i'm charging between like that three and four thousand dollars per platform but mm. not youtube i haven't gotten anything oh, no. any requests for youtube's uh what's it called uh sponsored sponsorships but we'll see
0: Wow. I mean, thank you so much for being so transparent. So if somebody just heard, oh, $22,000, I was well, totally shocked. I, I thought for a moment that's for a single video for a no. very small transaction. <laughs> but I just did the math while you're talking about it. So if you're doing two videos a week, that's four weeks, roughly four weeks a month. So let's say eight eight videos a month times three months, September to December, maybe a little bit more. Uh, so 20 to 30 videos for $22,000 it's still very good I know it takes you to break it down I mean your videos are relatively short I think most of them are under a minute but it takes yeah. many different shots right to to get it to really get it done like there you not just b-roll but you interview multiple people so would you say like you know roughly a thousand dollars per video was it worthy of your time
1: uh yes and no because mm. there was at sometimes it was a little difficult to uh actually get these videos done because like i said it's so hard to do these interviews with people on the streets because they don't like it's so you it's unexpected you don't know what people are going to say you don't know if they're going to curse or be inappropriate or if they're going to give good answers or be genuine or just be trolls like you have Mm -hmm. no idea so sometimes i would go out to film and i'd ask a couple people and all of the videos are useless so that's me spending a couple hours going and actually Mm -hmm. doing it gas money paying someone to videotape it and I, I didn't send it to my editor but I have to pay my editor to edit the videos besides like the videographer and it, so it's a it's actually like a lot of time and a lot of effort goes into the like the man on the street videos which is like what I do so mm. I think it was it definitely was good money uh I'm not sure if I would do it again it was definitely a good experience mm. because like those like I listed earlier like the, the the boxers in the beginning it was just like all right I'm gonna go to a mall and I'm not leaving without getting this one video done. I got the video done and I got my money and that was it. This was a more long-term kind of thing, but I would say it was worth it.
0: Nice, nice. Okay, so definitely have some questions about your creative process, like who's editing, who's launching, all that. In just a second, we have a question from Adam. Thanks for sharing your experience. Justin, do you believe that anyone could do what you do where there are uh, special skills, personality traits that they need?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, I don't think anybody can do it, but I think a lot of people can do it. Mm -hmm. So I'll expand on that a little bit. I think that being in front of a camera, it's so obvious if you're comfortable or if you're not comfortable right off the bat. Even for any, the average viewer, like you can just look and be like, oh, this guy's a little uncomfortable. This guy's not a little... Like, he he's not, like, too happy to be there, to say the least. But um, I think that a lot of people could do it if they want to do it. And in the beginning, if you watch my early videos, they're, they're not too good. <laughs> like, I'm very uh, stiff in front of the camera, and it's hard to, like, keep, like, a conversation going uh, mm-hmm. to a stranger, like somebody you've never met. You have to really step out of your comfort zone. And mm-hmm. so if people are willing to do that, I think that they could do it, Yeah. But then again, the hardest part is asking people if they want to do the interview. That's the hardest. For me, that was the hardest thing, just going up to strangers saying like, hi, do you want to do an interview with us? Or like, can we record you, like asking you questions? Like that was the hardest thing. Like the amount of looks you get and (laughs) the amount of times people just don't even answer you. And you're just like, all right, like you can say no.
0: (laughs) Interesting. I wonder, yeah, great question. I want to just, Dive a little bit deeper. It can be a little daunting. I wonder, um, do you think being a, being a man, being a young man, could be uh, could make certain people nervous? I wonder if gender even plays a role in this, yeah. like being on the street. Um, people are more, probably more or less, a lot less threatened by me, like something could happen. I mean, especially on the streets in New York. It's New yeah. Jersey. It, it's not like anywhere. Yeah.
1: No, you're 100% right. There definitely is like a discrepancy. And uh, even like, sometimes uh, my videographer wouldn't be able to come film and stuff. So I would want to bring my little sister and my mom would say no, like, you're not bringing your sister to Times Square at 11pm to go interview, like people like go talk to strangers, like, no, you're not doing that. And like, I agree with her, because it's Mm. like, nowadays, you you have no idea, like, who's doing what and what their intentions are, anything like that. But there have been a couple situations where
0: Mm.
1: I've gone and asked, like, Like a group of girls, like, oh, like do you guys want to do an interview? And then like their mom or dad would come running, say, Oh, like get out of here. Like they're Mm -hmm. they're in high school or something like that. And I'm like, all right, I don't like I don't care. Like if Mm -hmm. they're in high school, I just wanna see if they wanted to ask a video. But uh it's I think it's good and bad. Like it's good because I I'm a male and I'm in relatively good shape. So I'm not in a sense afraid to talk to strangers and to like Mm -hmm see people like sitting on the street and be like oh like do you want to go ask a question which can be a little nerve-wracking but Mm -hmm. uh, I have gotten some like I said no's to interviews I think because of just the situation and like not many people get asked by a stranger if they can be asked Mm -hmm. questions on video so yeah there's a little discrepancy
0: what, what would happen if you branded yourself a little bit? If you had like a TikTok logo, or I'm Justin Awad from TikTok? Do you think more people would be feeling like, oh, this is a content creator, not just some random guy off the street?
1: Yeah, I, I never thought about that. But I think I think that would be a little different. And also, it's mm. I film all my videos on my phone, I have like the mm. new iPhone. So the camera, the quality is great. So mm. it's a little bit scuffed to these people on the streets. I don't blame some of them for saying no, it's just mm. like, this random guy holding an iPhone and then me wearing whatever t-shirt I'm wearing with my iPhone, like recording stuff like that. It's a little bit scuffed, but I think if like, like you said, if I wore like branded stuff or like Mm -hmm. maybe even wore like, like, I don't know, like look nice, like cleaned up and stuff. And my camera man had a real camera. It would be like a little bit more different. I do think that, but Mm -hmm. I do think that it would take away a little bit. I'm not sure. Maybe it would take away, uh, some of like the authenticity behind my videos, like I feel yeah. like it's just like the camera and me, like a normal guy in the street asking another normal random person on the street a question. And I think like part of that is like wearing a backwards hat or wearing a T-shirt, you know, like normal. It's not like set up and staged. It's nothing like that, you know.
0: Yeah, we're talking. We're getting into the kind of uh, our direction. I-, I do appreciate you saying that because I do feel like if you're uh, you know overly branded and it feels definitely makes it look more staged. I yeah. I was only thinking about it from a safety. Uh, standpoint or people more likely to say yes if you know some somebody's wearing a cbs shirt well you probably shouldn't wear that not that shirt (laughs) but something true to your own brand Yeah, yeah um Let's talk about your creative process and uh, you mentioned you have a cameraman for sure. I mean, who's going to bring a tripod? That that's that's kind of the beginner's mistake of thinking these devices just going to operate and work well on a, on their own. Sure. They don't. You could be like doing the most incredible interview and you'll be out of battery, out of frame and God. you can't really get it back. Don't <laughs> You've done even that?
1: remind me. Don't <laughs> even, No, I've had I've had my cameraman hold the video. The video it should have been I think between like 7 and 8 minutes long. He didn't click record yeah and was just holding the camera
0: and, <laughs> had and then happen. another
1: time uh i had a mic and the mic it said it was turned on and connected to the phone mm-hmm. it was, was not that? it was not and so i did five or six different interviews like with different people and then at the end of the day I was like all right good like I have good content I recorded it or whatever and I go home and none of the videos have audio and I literally I almost wanted to cry I was like I know. just wasted three hours doing it it's it was brutal it's the worst feeling it's the worst
0: it's the worst feeling how did you overcome or better prepare yourselves for these like live recording sessions of which based on my experience of years of doing this it's absolutely the hardest especially in the uncontrolled kind of natural environment, Times Square? Like, what do you double check now? Is there a checklist to avoid these things from happening?
1: If you have a checklist, send it over. (laughs) But uh, the only check that I do is before I start asking people questions, I say, all right, like, take the video. I'm going to test the mic, testing, one, two, Mm -hmm. testing, is it working? End the video, make sure the audio is good, and then hope for the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. What about the editing? Uh, you know, immediately after that, you transfer the files. You mentioned you have editors, and some YouTubers, Instagrammers, they only edit videos themselves, and they mm. have a whole process. And not to mention, there's also publishing. So, could you talk to us about, you know, shooting? I think we have a good idea. But what is editing and publishing strategically yeah. like for you?
1: Uh, in the beginning, I edited everything, all my videos, mm-hmm. and I would go to iMovie, I would drag it, and I would drag the audio, and then I'd cut it. It, it was mm-hmm. so so draining, and took. It was I would spend more time editing the videos than I did shooting the videos. Yeah, but it was so draining and so like time consuming and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, some guy reached out, and he actually he lives in Romania, <laughs> my editor. So uh, all I do now is I just get. The videos, I have the audios on them and then I upload them to Dropbox and he cuts them up and puts words on the screen and all that stuff. Mm. He sends them over via like a different Dropbox file. I download the video and then the publishing is, I have my Instagram and Facebook linked. So a post on Instagram is also a post on Facebook. And then I post on YouTube
0: and yeah, that's it. You post everything once the videos are done.
1: No, I post like one video a day.
0: Uh, okay, so basically, you so somebody is helping with editing, but the publishing process is something that you take on yourself. Yeah, yeah, right? I'm,
1: I publish everything.
0: Yeah, is that by choice? Does it uh, do? Do you mind that process? Because I, I know sometimes creatively it's like a little draining, like the yeah. final stretch. <laughs> it is a it is a
1: little draining, but you know that like the mm. the finish line is right there after you click like post or stuff, whatever. But also, I like to have a little bit control because mm-hmm. like i said there's a little like a uh, like a vibe around my page that i'd like to keep consistent i don't want it to be like staged or over edited or like stuff like that mm-hmm. i want it to be like raw and natural and stuff so i think that has a little bit to do and i told my editor this like we we, we obviously talked and stuff like that and uh i think if you have these videos and then you just like boom 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 posting 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 people are like all right like like these are his friends or these are whatever it's not real but it's so i think like the the spacing out of the posting and it even goes down to the people in the videos like are they the same people over and over and over again or are these actually like random people and so if you're posting Mm -hmm. like 10 videos in a row of somebody i interviewed two days ago even though it's real people think it's fake they they got a lot of questions wrong so i have a lot of content but if you see their face over and over and over again it's like Mm -hmm. it's real but people think they're
0: it's fake people so interesting how what they choose to detect so you figure out the frequency quite a bit at this point um so what is the frequency that is wise strategic but also sustainable for you
1: uh well right now in school it's a little bit different than in summer of course uh this past summer i saw like the biggest growth ever and with that i was posting every day on tiktok and instagram which was Draining. I'm sure, you know, it was very, very draining. But now I post like two to three videos a week I try to do. Like yeah. sometimes two, sometimes three. If I have an exam, it's like one. It's yeah. just like I'm kind of in a, like a, a sustaining mode, not like a growth mode right now, just during school and, and cats and stuff.
0: Mm. Oh Yeah, I mean... Come on, um, MCAD. That's not that serious. (laughs) So it's very... Yeah, definitely. It takes up so much of your time. So roughly, I know it depends on the video. Roughly, how many hours from shooting, traveling, shooting the footage, interviewing people, editing? I know it's done by somebody else, but then publishing. Well, like, roughly, how many hours are we talking about for a single video?
1: A single video?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Hmm. I would say probably between four and five hours a video Mm -hmm. but that's that's like four and five hours between just I mean not between just editing Mm -hmm. whereas like say I film a video on Friday like Mm -hmm. I go out and shoot on Friday I don't think I'm gonna be able to post before maybe Wednesday Thursday of like the next week so it's like there's always like a four to five day lag just because I need to get all the videos, chop them up, and then send them over. He has to edit them mm. all and then puts them in a list. It's like, it, it's definitely mm. it takes a lot of time. There's definitely a lag between filming and posting. But the the editing, it's it's gone. It's cut down. But I would say around four hours. No,
0: yeah. oh, that's a lot. Could you possibly batch some of the work, like going out and have three video ideas and shoot three of them yeah. in one day? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, one. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, with my questions, I kind of have like a whole list so yeah. everybody i ask everybody just the list and sometimes people are like all right i'm done i'm like all right i understand like i'll see you later
0: like, yeah go, whatever but uh <laughs> yeah I,
1: I try i try to go out and get a lot of content and mm-hmm. then just sit and cut up it and edit it and then space like post them like spaced out
0: mm-hmm. yeah. gotcha all right i think it's Time to talk about negative comments this is something a lot of people who have not started so interesting people have not started creating anything that's their number one fear and they often ask me and the truth for maybe my type of content which is different than yours uh a lot of software tutorials business type of content I rarely get negative comments. People are usually asking a question and, you know, and you can easily tell who the trolls are. So it's easy to overlook them. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but people can, you mentioned that people can misunderstand your intention. So yeah. w- what are they like? How do you deal with them?
1: Yeah, I know people, uh, especially the negative comments, they have a way with their words. <laughs> they very, they know how to hit
0: home. <laughs> but, yeah, what are I some of say- the words? Yeah.
1: Uh, some of the words is just like terrible human being, waste mm. of oxygen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whatever. I forgot some other ones. Like that's good. Whatever. Just, just yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, just a lot of name calling and negativity and saying like, mm. oh, like you think you're better than everybody, asking them questions like I, you probably don't even know the answers, stuff like that. And I'm just like, mm. you're missing the whole point. The whole point mm. is to have a laugh and have fun. Like these people are laughing. Like. They messed up. They got a question. I mess up all the time. Like, I'm sure you mess up too. We're humans, you know? So Mm -hmm. they definitely miss the intentions. They think I'm like bullying people or trying to bring people down or like stuff like that. And it's, I don't know why they take it upon themselves to try to stand up for everybody against me and get rid of this terrible guy, but uh, that's it. And there's also a, a thing in psychology that I think it's around... 100 positive comments is mm-hmm. equal to like one negative comment. So mm-hmm. then the negative comments, they stick with you. If you ask me for a positive comment right now, I don't really have one on the top of my head, even though there's those are the ones that you get all day long.
0: But yeah. the negative
1: ones are the ones that stick with you.
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy? I think we need to yeah. train ourselves to really to not number one, not to remember them. And I think One of the things that I have done is like I used to have the tendency to look at, for instance, my email list and I go to my unsubscribers like why do I need to do that? I don't know these people, Mm -hmm. they probably unsubscribe for whatever the reason and it's better if they don't find your content helpful that they should unsubscribe and but we're talking about these folks like why can't you just like not follow me not subscribe to this channel. And it is I know you're very young and you're probably going to be facing a even bigger volume of these folks later on is that there's truly people in this world who are extremely negative, who can not possibly think that you're out there trying to educate, entertain and trying to have a good time with other people that can be possible because it's not possible for them. So I'm really glad that you just continued on and, you know, uh, yeah. with your journey.
1: Thank you. I'm glad too.
0: Yeah. So we've been talking for like 45, 40, 45 minutes uh, at this point. I, I know that I'm like coming at you with a ton of questions on creativity and all that. Yeah. But what are some of the questions that some of the, the answers or stories that you want to share with my audience and yours?
1: Uh, like like a street experience, like answers that I've gotten.
0: Yeah, street experience, anything, anything you've learned, like what it's like, uh, you know, about your origin stories and you know what. I don't know what your family dynamic is like so far. It sounds like they're all very yeah. supportive. Is this, is this consecration normal to them, to your family?
1: Yeah, <laughs> not at all. I'll tell you that much. In the beginning, my mom was like, what are you doing? Like, you're just wasting your time. And then even my dad was like, oh, like, what do you like? You think you're just going to post for the rest of your life and do this and do that. And I was like, dude, I'm having fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, after they saw that, I was starting to get some views. They were like, oh, okay. Like, so this, this kid's serious, I guess. So mm-hmm. then became very supportive and even right now they're very supportive and my friends are very supportive. Everyone's I have a great circle around me which is I'm very very grateful of. I don't think I'd make it this far without them. Mm. But uh yeah it's definitely it's it's not easy. It's scary. But the what I tell other people when they ask me like if I have any tips and stuff, I say like you're your own worst enemy. All right if you post a video and other people don't like it like so what? Like you wanted to post a video go post a video. Like Mm -hmm. everybody is so focus ar- about them around themselves they have like the spotlight effect which is our natural human tendencies to think that we're the center of attention whereas you're not like mm. i can't tell you a single video i watch on tiktok or instagram today and i know that i've watched a bunch of videos and i've liked videos and other videos and like oh this is stupid and i kept scrolling but i can't tell you one of them mm. so like don't be your own worst enemy don't let don't limit yourself when other people aren't limiting you you know all you need to post is just like your iphone or whatever phone so Go do it and uh, chase your dreams and don't be afraid to say yes.
0: Yeah, don't limit yourself and other people are not limiting you. I like that. And what are your uh, what are some of the things that you would like to share with other 20 year olds? Like let's say 20, yeah. I don't know, 15 to 30 year olds who are thinking about, oh, I heard about this creator economy. I wanna be a content creator, YouTuber, TikToker. Like mm-hmm. what what are some of the things that you've learned you think is gonna help them understand the landscape a little bit better?
1: Yeah, I mean, I there's two things I would say. One, do something that you genuinely enjoy doing, or you have a passion for, or uh, can tolerate the most, and two, be consistent. So Mm -hmm. if you're doing those two things, then I promise you, you'll blow up and you'll get gain some followers, and you'll actually build something out of this. Because all right, if your first videos don't do well, and the next month, how do you know the videos won't do well? Like you just keep, you have to keep push, pushing, have to keep staying consistent and doing what you like. And I think anybody can be a content creator.
0: That's great. I mean, let's say Justin, that you didn't get any of the followers. Let's say right now you got a few hundred and a thousand here and there. Is this journey still worth it to you?
1: Uh, Yeah. Cause it's, like I said, it's something that brings me joy and the people around me joy. And, I started with that intense with those intentions, and mm-hmm. if they, if those intentions still stood true, and my friends are still laughing, and my parents are still enjoying it, and I'm having fun making it, it's not a burden for me. Then, of course, it's it's still it's still worth it, and I'd still do it.
0: Yeah. So, okay, question about niche. I know I'm like rapid fire questions right now, but talking about niche, there. The whole industry, you know, for years, decades, like you got to niche down, you got to know who you are, who you're targeting. And all of a sudden, in case you haven't noticed in 2023, it's all about opening up the funnel. Don't just focus on your niche, you niche down too much. Yeah. It's like, of course, it's like, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, the way that we've been talking about weight loss for the past 20, 30 years, <laughs> it just keeps on changing. So what's your take on finding or how to use niche expertise to do something because that's what's holding a lot of people back like i haven't figured yeah. out what my niche is.
1: yeah i would say uh for me in the beginning it's trial and error to find out what mm-hmm. you enjoy the most and what is at the same time getting views and doing well so it's the the hardest part is starting that's what i say a lot of times the hardest part is to post that first video to really start get the ball rolling mm-hmm. but um I'm kind of stuck in that myself a little bit with just like these interviews I want to open up more and that's the plan in the future to start like posting a little different content where people like get to really see who I am and uh, go throughout my day with me or do like funny things like stuff like that really become more uh, engaged and more personal with my following but I would say find, your, find the niche, whether with like trial and error or scrolling, get an idea, and then just try it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then after you really build a following, then maybe start branching off, seeing what works, what doesn't work, stuff like that. And I'm in that stage right now. So I'll mm-hmm. tell you how it goes.
0: That's awesome. You know, the one thing I noticed with the snowball effect of being a content creator you mentioned is that you publish something, you stare at it, it doesn't get a ton of views, and you quit. And that's ridiculous because I've had content who, you know, that just didn't work for the first weeks, months. And all of a sudden it takes off to like three, four hundred thousand views. And I think the one, there's one video I've made close to, like probably the majority of my income that year uh, from youtube revenue was like close to ten thousand dollars from a single video that i recorded in less than 12 minutes uh simple light editing but with that said you know have you noticed like sometimes you you publish content and then later on much later on even some cases that there's that snowball effect and they start to get picked up start getting noticed
1: yeah yeah definitely it's like it's uh, you're establishing your page in a sense, I believe. So if you if you're posting like if you're a dancer or something and you post dancing content and you have mm-hmm. one dancing video that does really well, people are like, oh, like this is really cool. Let's see what they're about. And they go and they swipe and they go look at your profile. Mm-hmm. And then some some videos are dancing. Some videos are playing basketball. some people Some videos are studying. Then I think that they're kind of less likely to actually follow because they resonated with this one video that did well. So mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a little continuity in your page, but yeah.
0: Hmm. Very cool. I'm so glad we shared this conversation and I will be publishing this everywhere on Apple Podcasts, awesome. Google, Spotify Podcast, And hopefully this will give your audience uh, a definitely behind the scenes look inside your life, how you think, how you create. Yeah. And i um, so super glad. So is there anything else, Justin, you'd like to cover before we uh, wrap up?
1: Uh, no, I think I'm good. Just, uh, I like the, don't limit yourself. I just came up with that right now, but I like that. Don't limit yourself when others aren't limiting you.
0: <laughs> exactly. Why would you do that? The, the, yeah. the world is a hard enough place to live in. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing. I'm going to take us offline now. Bye everyone. Thank you so much. Please enjoy the rest of your Sunday, your weekend, wherever you are, and I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>